just tell you a little bit more about uh, Teresa. So Teresa Owen is a Catholic wife and mother. She's married to Dr. Martin Owen, and they're about to have baby number eight. Ah! <laughs> so if you see a couple of kids flying in the background, whoops. Are you gonna come back to us, Teresa? Yes, you are. Um, between the children traveling, working with her husband, she studies theology of the body, she drinks coffee, does some writing, diffuses essential oil. Is it, if she's look out, on the lookout for a hobby, I'm kind of like, a hobby? You need a hobby. <laughs> um, you can find Teresa and Martin on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at home with the doctor and so her topic today is resilience in marriage but before we talk about resilience in marriage Teresa can you tell us a little bit about the mother's group that you've uh... <laughs> sorry the realities of life my while you were talking my phone was like low power I was like oh no I charged it earlier but not good enough I was running around trying to get like a good angle and good lighting and anyway so my son has gone to help me get an extension cord so that I could plug into you guys oh I love That's it what I'm here for yeah, <laughs> I, I, homeschool, I homeschool him so he was uh, here to help I, me yeah so tell us a little bit about your family about your just like just tell us a little bit about yourself besides what I read you know tell us a little bit about yourself. yes okay so um I um I just got back from living 10 years in Alberta. I was born and raised in uh, Ontario. Um, and people ask, why are you in Ontario? And the answer is really divine providence. My husband um, is a family doctor and he said, I will never ever work in Ontario. Because in Ontario, uh, physicians no longer have the freedom of conscience. And ironically, this is where we are. <laughs> like God, what you? We don't need extra stressors, but um, we like to. I don't know. I don't know. We've we've made some interesting choices. Um, I'm glad to be here. It's still hot. Like today, it's I think got up to 22. Um, that's yeah. It's whatever that is in Fahrenheit. But um, yeah. So we're here. I'm happy to be here. We um, we decided to have an eighth child. Not that you know God wasn't involved, but we thought we were done at seven and our eighth will be born when our, six, our, our seventh is six years old. So a six year gap, which we're so excited um, because it's gonna be so different having no babies when I have a baby. <laughs> that's been my story. I had four in diapers at one point. So- um, You had four in diapers at one point? I had four in diapers. So basically Costco, I would buy a, a different size every week oh and that was when I got to stop buying diapers I was like oh my goodness there our bills are so much lower um uh so about me that you guys don't yeah we run at home with the doctor at home with the doctor was um my husband is very generous in his love for saying yes to people and he loves helping people and I said we need something that we can do from home um, so this was before any COVID stuff. I was like, I want you home. I want to do, I want to do outreach with you from home. Um, I found a lot of the women that um, have so much to say and so much to give, they don't have any kids anymore. So it's, it's like that bit of a 
it's a whole generation gap. But I was like, I want to hear from women my own age. And that was kind of inspiring to me to reach out while I was in the thick of things. So if you go through at home with a doctor, it's years. And so you get to see when the kids are little, when I have no makeup on, when I'm like, whatever, like it's, it's very interesting. Um, so so t tell me a little yeah. bit about uh, your, your mom's group that you belong to in Calgary. Yes. Yeah, I'd love so, to hear that. Yes, yes. Well, you wanted to hear about me, so I was like, oh, what do I say about myself? Yeah, yeah, no, no, I know. Uh, I'm like going all over the place. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, it's all good. Uh, the mom's group. So when we, so when Martin got accepted into residency, we actually ended up in Lethbridge. And there is a wonderful woman there, uh, Shauna Van Uden, who uh, started a mother's rosary group. And we would literally meet up um, pray the rosary and she would pay like a babysitter out of her own pocket usually because the CWL wasn't very supportive and the churches were like what why would we give money to a mom's group mm -hmm. um, so she would she would pay for babysitter and she'd bring muffins in and the moms would sit around and we would pray the rosary uh, then when I moved to Calgary we went to St. Bonaventure and St. Bonaventure has a mom's group called St. Anne's Mother's Group and there are a few in there, a few of the founders who really want to put together a, like a booklet on how to start mom's groups. And this was before anything that, that Dorothy had looked into before this. And I was like, that is such a good idea because they went to their church. They went to the church and they said, we need funding. We need, we, we want these women to be able to have babysitters. We want these women to have, you know, to be able to get books or, or you know, have something special yeah. once in a while. And the, the priest or the, the administration, it's not the priest, it's the administration, well, we don't have funds for that. Mm -hmm. And so they finally were able to manipulate it to say that it was for formation. The oh, funds were for formation for the moms so that they could form their children, which makes total sense. But oh, when you're yeah, 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 yeah. administration, you're like, what does that mean? So yeah. they made it. So uh, St. Bonaventure in Calgary has had a mom's group for over 25 years. Oh my gosh. Now and it has been funded. Yeah, and what benefits have you oh, from? They, they, 90% of the women who were in the mom's group came back and participated in uh, volunteer work of oh, some wow. sort. So, it's, so uh, it's, it bears lots and lots of, uh, lots of fruit. So, so Teresa, you were going to you know, tell us a little bit about marriage and a little bit about yes. resilience. And I just want to say hello to some of the people that are joining yeah, us. Say hello. Hello, Roseanne from uh, Our Lady of Peace in Etobicoke. How are you? Good to see you. Hello, uh, Claude from St. David's. It's uh, great to see you. So, yeah, so how is it that this topic kind of landed on your heart? Resilience to, to marriage? Resilience and marriage. I'm marriage. So sorry, yeah, yeah. Guys. I'm all crooked. Mm -hmm. um, so, resilience and marriage. The reason I chose that is just because Dorothy said, what do you want to talk about it to talk about? And um, I think it's something that we don't talk about enough in, um, in our society. Like marriage is very, um, you know, the bells and whistles, especially like it's very interesting with all this COVID stuff. People aren't able to have all the bells and whistles for their, for their weddings. Mm -hmm. And so they're canceling them and they're, they're, they're delaying them. And, and I'm like, what do you need? for your marriage because it's, it's a, a wedding is one day it's a celebration yes of course um but are, are people missing the point 
Um, and do they realize what they're getting into? Because mm -hmm. if a wedding to you is about the dress and about the, the party and stuff like that, are you ready? Are you going to be resilient enough within your marriage? So, um, and we do, we have a few people who are preparing to get married or yeah. And it's been, it's been difficult for them. So, um, so I, I kind of put together a bit of a talk for you guys. Did you, do you want me to start that door? Yeah, 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 no, please. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's just start. because so then I'm not floating everywhere. No, 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 okay. <laughs> so Resilience in marriage. Uh, I recently posted on social media a picture of a ballerina, ballerina's feet. Um, one foot is the perfect, beautiful pink, you know, on point with a slipper. And the other foot is like blood and bruised and bandaged. Um, and and, I, and I, the, the quote on it says, everyone wants to be successful until they see what it actually takes. And to see, yeah, this beautiful ballet slipper beside this bloody, disfigured uh, toes was such a, it, was, it really spoke to me. Um, this post can be, you know, taken on so many levels. But for me, it reminded me of my marriage um, and, and my heart and how my heart has felt at certain times. Because um, I know um, with my husband being a doctor, so, and we have so many kids and we're Catholic and, and we're fairly public. A lot of people are like, oh, they're so happily married. And, and we're, both, um, we're both affectionate people. So it, it just people, I know that on the outside, sometimes we look like that beautiful slipper, that shoe. But on the inside, I, I've been bruised and beaten, not beaten, but you know what I mean? My heart, my heart. Um, <laughs> so everyone wants to be successful until they see what it actually ta uh, takes. Um, so the reality is love is sacrificial. Uh, the moment you choose not to sacrifice, not to love your husband, you're choosing divorce. If you're not choosing your marriage, you are choosing divorce. Um, and that temptation comes so easily, especially in our culture and our society. Um, and we see it, we know, we all have, uh, depending on how long you've been married, you have friends who've gotten divorced already and you're like, why? Um, but once you're married long enough, you understand, you, you start to understand. Um, that being said, um, you need to have boundaries. Abuse is not okay. Mental health is spoken about very little and is a huge contributor of divorce. Um, and I would love to do a whole talk about mental health, we've, we've, uh, we've suffered quite a bit due to mental health in our marriage, um, but that's a, whole, that's a whole talk for another day. Um, but for now, this talk is for moms who need, want, or are curious to what could create more resilience in their marriage. So I know this is, I want you guys to like communicate, put up your comments, put your questions when you have them. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna count, I have three main talks, topics that I'm gonna talk about and just kind of touch on them just because I know you guys are busy and I know that sometimes you just want to get the meat um, uh, meat and potatoes of, of it all so the three kind of sections I'm going to do is what our kids need to see man and woman together and the temptation to do it alone so what our kids need to see our kids need to see first and foremost love love is sacrificial children need to feel secure in a loving home stop what you're doing greet each other at the door kiss your husband whenever you can. This teaches children appropriate affection. The more affectionate with we, that we are with each other, my husband and I, the more affectionate 
our children are to us and are, are affectionate to their siblings. So it's a whole trickle effect. Um, and I know different families show affection in different ways. So make sure whatever that means for you, you're doing it because what you're doing, your children see. Um, love languages are super, love languages are super important. Find out what your love language is and your spouse. Um, Martin and I were both um, physical actually. And so when things get really, really bad or we don't see each other like physically a lot, our marriage just goes downhill. Like it's, it's not good, but it's because both of us need that. So um, if you don't know what you need, it's very difficult to, to strengthen that bond. Um, so again, find out what your love language is, what his is, and actually be affectionate with each other because you know, why not? That's your, that's your husband. You're not allowed to be affectionate with anybody else. Um, <laughs> in that way, right? In that way, you can't just go up and kiss anybody. Um, <laughs> especially, yeah. Um, apologize, apologize to your spouse and to your children, even when they don't say it back to you. So seriously, ladies, no sarcasm, no hurt feelings, and no manipulation. As women, we are very, we, we're very good at that, at uh, manipulating or, or having a pity party. If you yell at your kids, you raised your voice, go and apologize, even if they were slapping you in the face. You still raised your voice, you still have something to apologize for, and they need that example. Um, again, Boundaries come in. Don't everything I'm saying. You you need to have boundaries. Um, I'm not saying let people abuse you, but but you still need to apologize for what you have done, um, and you need to clear that out. It's kind of like confession, right? You're you're. I'm sorry I did that, and even if they don't, um, they don't say it back. Um, sometimes, especially with mental health, there's a lot of um, well, I didn't, I don't need to say sorry. Uh, it's, it's not my fault or it's your fault or whatever else. You still need to be sorry for what you did. Um, I know this is controversial, but I think kids need to see their parents disagree. Um, I know some families where, um, well, one very close to me and they, they never saw their parents fight. And so they didn't know how to have a disagreement with their spouse. Um, and so they were like very like, it was very difficult for the other one to even communicate. So the communication was totally lost because one wouldn't even get into anything um, unless it's behind closed doors. And let's be honest, behind closed doors doesn't happen that often when you've got a bunch of little kids. So make sure that you're communicating, um, make sure that you're disagreeing and your children are able to see you come back um, and, and that they can see that their parents fail and that they're, that they can, they can come back to things. Again, boundaries, don't start hitting, slapping each other in front of your children. I'm just saying, you have boundaries, but they need to be able to see that you disagree. It can't be all this like hush, hush, don't. They need to see conflict resolution. Um, and again, say sorry if you do freak out at your husband and scream and watch your children can see you apologize to him. Um, even if, Even if, you know, yeah. Uh, okay, so man and woman together, the singles lifestyle and losing touch. The brain makes bonding connections with new experiences. Who do you spend the most time with? What new experiences are you creating with your husband? Have you ever had that excitement when you see a coworker or a neighbor? You know, that like, ooh, I want to go talk to them, or ooh, like I have something to say to them, and you're excited? Your brain 
is making those bonding connections with that person. Um, so male or female, you're creating new experiences with that person in your brain and your body know it. This is not Catholic theology of the body. It is, but it's, it's secular too, right? We, we know that if you're, if you're at work and you're spending a lot of time with another coworker, that can, there can be some things that, that are inappropriate that can happen. And it's actually physical. Like it's your, 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 your creating bonds and your body knows that. So again, you need to create boundaries um, and that can be turned around so that you're creating those new experiences with your husband. So when you see your husband, you, you're excited to see him or you guys have an inside joke, you can, you can laugh about it. Or, um, you know, like you grabbed a tub of ice cream and hid down in the basement and ate it together in the closet. Like those are fun experiences that you can laugh about and that aren't like going to Vegas together, right? Like these are just, we're talking about small, simple uh, bonds that you can make with him that, that you can make with anybody, but you make sure that you're putting the priority and in, in the intention on your husband. Um, yes. Um, what is your order of importance? When I became a new mom, a wonderful friend reminded me of the importance of order in my relationships. So God, then husband, then children, then recreation, then work. Uh, after contemplating this, so many moms came to mind who were really struggling in their marriage. They had forgotten prayer, they had neglected their husband, and everything was about the baby. It's such an easy temptation. Um, but you must get back to the God who made you, your husband who chose you, and you chose him, and then to the needs of your baby. Um, if you depend on your baby or your husband to build you up, they will let you down. Um, there's no children and husband, they're, they're, they're not going to give you the satisfaction that you need to be fulfilled. There's that hole and the only hole the only way that hole can be filled is with, is with God and with Jesus. So Jesus is the only man who will and has truly given up everything, every last drop of blood for you. Go to him, spill out all your fears, sorrows, and pain. He will console you if you let him. That is important. You need to, to be able to, to let him heal you because a lot of us, we cry out to Jesus, but we don't actually believe he's there. So, so make sure you're doing that. Um, so the temptation to do it alone, alone. So physical and spiritual disdain, you've got pride, fear, and rejection that is there. And so you, you're going to, you don't want to just, I'm going to do it, forget it, whatever. I'll, I'll just take care of everything. Um, so I'm going to be open this up a bit more. Um, I remember a time that I physically, physically, could not stand the sight of my husband. He would, I would hear his car coming in the, the driveway and I would like, my anxiety would go through the roof. My help, my heart would be palpitating. Like it was really bad. Like I couldn't handle the sight of him. Um, there was another time that I actually had a crush on another man. Um, and these, these two separate times were really hard. Uh, and not the only, not the only times I was tempted to be on my own, to leave. Um, uh, the temptation to just shut him out, to dull the pain, to have another glass of wine, uh, or to sneak out for another cigarette. It was too much work. Uh, it was too much work to make it work. Um, and, and the pain, like I said, the pain, the pride, fear, and rejection that's there um, and that we need to face, is, is, it's there. Um, I remember in the first year of our marital bliss, 
thinking, how can anyone get divorced? How can you profess to love someone so much and then leave them? Um, I have learned that it always takes two to tango. Yes, one person takes the lead, but no one is innocent. Not at all. Uh, forgiveness is hard. You're welcome. Forgiveness is hard. Being a better person is hard. Working on your own faults and failures is really depressing. I don't want to, I don't want to look at my, the fact that I am not good at being organized. I don't want to think about that. My husband gets angry. It's his fault. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm unorganized, right? That's just a little, little example. Um, so I promise you, if you look into your own faults and failures, you'll be much more able to, to forgive anybody, including your husband, most especially. Um, but if you are a victim, we've got a couple of, I want to just pause for a second. You want to go in there. Okay. Well, no, no, just someone is saying, thank you so much for your honesty. Um, so many of us have been there. Um, another uh, woman is saying, how old are you now? I'm over 40 and sometimes I feel called to have yet another child. Um, and, and someone else is saying, thank you for your honesty, friend. We need to hear how hard marriage can be and how much work this vocation is. So <laughs> your, your words are, are resonating with a, Good. a lot of women. Like, I, I think that, you know, we don't do this as enough as Catholic no. women, right? Is to kind of encourage one another and be real with one another, just in a, in a dignified way that, you know, like, it's not easy. It's not no. easy. No, no. And so, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I just, I was seeing that and I thought, oh gosh, Teresa's got to hear this, right? Oh, I'm um, um, blush. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I had all my babies before I was 30. We had seven children in seven years. And um, yeah, so there's the, like I said, I, uh, the mental health part of that was, um, the biggest reason we decided to stop was for mental health reasons. Okay, um, no, no, just look at here. Your story makes me feel less ashamed. It sounds so much like mine. There we go. Well, I'm not alone. <laughs> no, I think, I think like, you know, like, I think as women and as Catholics, we kind of like want to be the perfectionist, you know, uh, and, and so just to hear that it's hard and to hear that, you know, these exciting feelings we can have for our, you know, in our marriages is, is very good. I'm, thank you, thank you, thank you for, you know, just being so, so real. Um, <laughs> so with, with all of this going on, Teresa, how did you, like how did you navigate it how did you like slam the door down on you know the hatred how did you revive you know uh, for good like <laughs> we're still struggling we're still struggling um to be honest my my big part where i i really slammed down the whole jesus thing is is where where it happened um my sister actually said to me fall in love with jesus because your husband is like it. And any with theology of the body is very much like that. Too. Yeah, he's we're, human. We're made for God. Yeah, and your husband. Yeah, we're made human. for God. And, and yeah. there's nothing, your husband's not going to be perfect. And he's not going to do what you need him to do. And he's not going to love you the way that Jesus can love you. And as soon as I was able to kind of fall in love with Jesus, um, then I was able to see where he was present in my marriage. 
So there's little times, and this is like maybe too much information, but no, no. Well, you like, think I, I, listen, we, I think we've all gone through trials in yes. marriage, and um, you know, my my husband used to travel extensively, um, and and uh, like sometimes I'd get like so frustrated and so lonely because he was gone, and he was at the opera in Washington, and I was changing diapers in Toronto, and like I, I remember once, you know, like he came home, and I'm like, uh, I threw Lego on the floor so that at night he heard his foot. <laughs> <That's> horrible. <laughs> now, it is horrible, <laughs> but I gotta tell you, I did go to confession i'm like bless me there go. i have sinned i threw lego on the floor so my husband would hurt himself i did i, I did take it to confession i did but you know like <laughs> i was just like oh. you know you never pick up the lego so i'll just make you know what it's like to stay you know? anyway. on it. yes yeah yeah well, I know, and that's the thing with with, uh, with Jesus and, and some of the things like being able to open our eyes up. I know with uh, with NFP, there was times where I was like, well, I don't know the timing, whatever else. And then it'd be perfect timing for us to be to be able to be intimate. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. And I was like, it was such oh, like, it's such a huge mind shift to be like, that was a gift from Jesus. Like being intimate with my husband is a gift from Jesus. Like, um, or or like times I'm like I could have really hurt myself I'm like oh thank you Jesus but I I didn't have that relationship with Jesus until my husband really uh abandoned me basically um I was 19 when I met my husband we got married a year later I've been with him for uh 15 years now or 16 because we met we met a year later or we had met the year before um so if you're like it sucks that I had to go through that, but my, my love for Jesus is so much deeper. Um, and that's what it should be. And that's what we should be learning in marriage is that we we're not just, um, we're not just a mom. We're not just a wife. We're not just, uh, we're not just we're, a friend. We're, we are yeah, we're beloved daughters of we God. God, right? Yeah, we're yeah, beloved no, it, daughters of the King. So, yeah. so that's hard. And that was one thing another person told me, like, put on your mirror, right? I am a daughter of the high, of the of most high King, like write it on your mirror because yeah. I was in such a low spot. Like my, like I said, I couldn't handle the sight of my own husband and, and I didn't see any other adults. I only saw children, four people in diapers. Right. Yeah. So um, one little thing, my, uh, one little thing, my, you know, my, my, my mother taught me, um, you know, I have a picture in, I was in my wedding dress and it was, you know, just an hour or so before my wedding, my, I didn't understand that on the, at the time, but I sure look at it differently. Now she made me kneel in my wedding dress and kiss the crucifix. Right. Mm. And, um, that that's that, that, you know, that I was I like, I look at it now and I go, Oh, okay. I get it. Um, but one thing that she used to always say is that like, whenever you're really frustrated, like with your husband for whatever reason, um, and you don't feel like making that dinner, you don't like, you feel like actually taking the plate and <laughs> throwing it on the floor three steps on it. Yeah, yeah, so she said, you, you, you need to remember that you're actually serving Jesus when you're serving 
your husband, right? Um, to have that interior discipline that um, my act of love for my husband isn't an emotion, it isn't a fleeting, it, it is, uh, and, and then I'm not, you know, I'm like, okay, I am doing this for Jesus. I'm doing this for Jesus. I'm doing this for Jesus. And um, it, it gives us, you know, supernatural strength when we remember um, little little wisdom like that. Sorry, I didn't mean to. There's some other <laughs> thoughts here. Um, no, yeah, there's some other yeah, so thanks, Dorothy and Teresa, for admitting your little mistakes. I have a lot, too. And I think taking those mistakes to the sacrament of reconciliation is so important. I think, uh, uh, you know, the priest burst out laughing when I told the Lego story. But, it, you know, I, I try to confess absolutely everything. I remember once confessing that I was lazy, and the priest said, how old are your kids? And I said, two or four. And two and four, and he goes, it's impossible. It's impossible. You can't be <laughs> so, um, so someone else says here, uh, Jennifer Gard says, the timing of this talk couldn't have been better. I'm at my lowest point and already feel less alone. Truly a blessing from God. Um, yes, place complete trust in Jesus. Uh, Jennifer, I, I want you to know that when I'm praying my rosary today, I will definitely pray. Uh, a decade for you. Um, th that's why we host these sessions, really. <laughs> I don't want. We don't want moms to feel alone, right? We don't want them to feel alone because you're not alone. So anyway, I should go back to you. What were so I interrupted you? Sorry. No, no. Uh, yeah, so you're. You're, you've got lots of wisdom, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, no, I just, I guess, uh, you know, I can relate to you. There are times where, you know, it's definitely not easy. So the, the temptation to do it alone, uh, so do you mean when you say that, that we're tempted to navigate the marriage on our own without the help of Jesus Christ? Is that? No, no, I, I mean when we push our husbands away. Okay. When, when it's like that temptation to be like, oh, he's, he's useless. He can't do anything anyway. Or, um, he's even, even when it's not a negative thing to your husband, like, I don't want to bother him. I don't want to put him uh, out. I don't like, I, I remember so many times not wanting to wake him up and I needed help. And I was like, well, I don't want to bother him. I don't want to, um, you know, and all these different things. And it's like that temptation to be like, I'm just going to do it alone. And I'm, um, and I know that in our society, especially with the Pinterest and the Instagram and everything else, all these gorgeous pictures of moms alone with their kids doing wonderful, amazing things. Um, I think, I think we need to stop giving our husbands such an easy out um, or feeling that we, have to control it too that was hard for me um and i'm not a controlling person so if you're a controlling person this is going to be super hard and this is our i i mentioned like find your faults and your failings if you feel the need to control how your husband is changing your diaper you need to walk away uh or you don't like how he wiped the counter or you don't like and it's all um if you don't like how your husband's doing it you're gonna have a lot of hard times with your children because my children don't do anything very well yet. They're learning, they're learning. I have some that are better at others, uh, at things than others, but um, 
it's finding that fault in the failings that you have and, and making them better. And so if you feel like you're just going to do it because he, uh, either he can't, cause you think he can't do it, or you think that you want to control how it's done. Um, I have suffered so, so much needlessly because my husband will look at me and be like, I would have said yes, or I would have helped you with that. Or I had no idea that you were going through that. Uh, even if you tell him, even if you say, I am going through that, he might not get it the first time or the second time, but you might have to say, and, and, and this isn't controlling because uh, some men need more direction than others. You might have to say like, I need you to do this. Um, and I honestly, um, I think counseling is so extremely important. If you can't afford a counselor, um, find a mentor couple who can just kind of talk through things with you because communication is the hardest part um, that I have found. Like I wish that everyone had to do like premarital counseling just so that they could learn even how to fight or how to disagree. Um, so it's, uh, thank you. Uh, I'm catching a little bit of the comments, but um, yeah, it's, it's very, um, your communication is what's going to make or break your day, I think. So if you're not, you know, going and giving me a kiss when he comes home or, or just rubbing his shoulder as you walk by, um, those little things will pass away. And I know, um, I know like there, there's a few moms, that, women I know that have lost their husbands and they, you're like, oh my gosh, I want my, like my one friend, I remember saying to her, I'm like, your husband died. And right now I can't, I don't want to be anywhere near my husband. And I feel so wrong and guilty um, because I'm sure like all she wanted to do was hug her husband and then she couldn't. Um, and I was like, get out of my house. <laughs> so, so just that, that like, what was going on inside me? What can I change? What can I do? Um, and to make sure that it's not about, um, it's not about him. It's about me because I knew that that was like, I needed to forgive. There's a lot of forgiveness that needs to happen. So, um, yes, kiss and hug your husband. Was that like that with uh, that little sign that people put above their beds? Always kiss me. Good night. That's a good one. I like that one. Um, but keep in mind, and I, and I am keeping, you know, those people in mind that they aren't like, they aren't physically affectionate. And this is why I said, look into your love languages, because um, I know, uh, for example, I know a couple that the, the wife is extremely physical and the husband isn't. So she's feeling like, touch me. And he's like, oh, I brought you a coffee. And she's like, I don't want you sleeping coffee. And then he's like, but, but I brought you a coffee. So it's like, it's, you know, learning, learning, or, or he, you know, he went to work all day. I, I did that for you because I love you. And she doesn't see that. She sees that as, yeah, you went to work because that's what you're supposed to do. So that's where you, you, you know, you learn and that's sort of communication. And that's why I said, you know, go to counseling if you can. Um, because even, even if there's no problems happening in your marriage, even if you've been married two months, go if you can, or find a mentor, a couple that can kind of guide you through things. Yeah. And, and I, I, I yeah. find that a lot of, a lot of couples really don't like there are supernatural graces available to us in the sacrament of reconciliation, right? Mm, yeah. Um, I, I, I honestly find that my marriage improves in proportion to how often I go to confession. Like I have a, a bit of a kind of forceful, aggressive, sometimes dynamic personality. 
And I, I really struggle, and I think anyone that knows me knows, I struggle with anger, right? And so I, I kind of like walk around with this perpetual energy that kind of, <laughs> you know, and um, I was recently talking to my spiritual director and I was saying, Father, my front lawn taught me an important lesson about myself and my marriage. And he goes, okay. I said, well, for years, I complained about my husband because like, he's not a handyman, he's not this, and we have weeds and it's because of him. And if he would have only do this, the, you know, and if, if only he would do that. And then like I'm on Facebook and I see a mother actually de-weeding and cutting the lawn. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and then <laughs> get a load of this, then, my husband, he gets the lawn resodded. He installs a sprinkler system. I end up hiring Nutri Lawn to rejuvenate it. And guess what? Our front lawn has never had more weeds in it than it does now. <laughs> and so I said to Father, I said, you know, I've been carrying all of this anger towards him and if only he would do this and if only he would do that and if only he and and that he did all of those things and it's like god is wanting to show me through the lawn <laughs> some things just are out of your control polarski and they're not you know give your <laughs> husband a break <laughs> maybe you should be out there de-weeding and so i took all of that to confession right yeah um, and, and 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 so now i and and and, and my the parish, my priest, he says, well, isn't it funny how he used your front lawn? Because our back lawn is beautiful, right? <laughs> and they both got the same treatment. And it was like, is there this to humble me, right? So like at the sacrament of reconciliation, I beg you, all of those little sins, you get supernatural power in the sacrament of reconciliation. So please go, <laughs> you know, please go. Um, yes. Some, some other comments here, uh, Judith Mazzona mentions, um, for those of you that don't know about love languages, uh, the book is there, love languages, fivelovelanguages.com. Um, uh, someone says, I agree, confession plays a big role uh, on my marital success. Um, just like we make time to improve our skills in other areas, example, golf, we also have to take the time to work on our marriage. My husband and I intended marriage encounter worldwide weekend, and it helped us a lot to focus on each other and have the time to really talk and deepen our connection. Um, you know, and uh, Janine says, we obtain so much grace and confession, even in this difficult time, it's available from kind priest, yes, I, um, I, I really, I, I, I beg you to, to just call up. When I was getting married too, there was a, 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 a senior citizen, a gentleman, he said, do not forget, he goes to draw upon the graces of the sacrament of marriage that people forget. And he, he was like, like 85 years old and married for like 60 years. He goes, we need to ask God that we can withdraw graces from the sacrament. Um, if you haven't done it, go to your uh, Catholic catechism. I want you to go to your Catholic catechism before you go to love languages and read the section on marriage. 
Um, I always find that we're, as Catholics, we love running to some of the Protestant materials before we've checked our own uh, resources. Anyway, it's hard to believe it's 10 to 3. Where does the time go? <laughs> so, uh, uh, Teresa, are there any other ideas and sort of... Um. Yeah, no, I was just kind of summing up everything of, of the talk and um, I don't know, did I get to the part? I just said, uh, I know these are short points, but if you remember anything, I want you to remember to figure out which order your relationships are. So God, husband, kids, recreation, work, where are those in your life? Um, you are not innocent, work on yourself. There are tons of self-help books, audios, self-care um, you can be doing and create new experiences with your husband. The more you laugh, the better. Um, and I said, thank you for your time. I'm so honored and grateful, especially to God for stretching me so I could reach out to you. Um, that well, was, that was all I had. I'm glad that you're in Ontario now. I'm hoping that I know. that's going to give us reason to, uh, to get together, when COVID. Get together and to, to connect. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess, you know, to the very important thing, I, I think that you, you did mention it, that what our kids see is, mm -hmm. you know, chances are they're going to be mimicking that in their, you know, when they're choosing a boyfriend or girlfriend. And um, like sometimes I've met, you know, women and they're constantly complaining about their husbands and lashing out at their husbands and, you know, there's all this conflict and now, you know, their kids are older um, and it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, my, my daughter, you know, she's not having a relationship and it's kind of like, well, if, if, if they see that the, your own marriage is constant, like there's no joy in it and there's um, no reconciliation and there is no infect, uh, affection, then it, it does affect, I think, how our, what, what kind of partners our, our, our parents, our children choose, not our parents, I'm sorry. Um, so what they learn about marriage is they, you know, learn from observing us. And so uh, I think it's, it's great what you mentioned about, you know, the affection and, you know, mm -hmm. when, they, when they run in the house, you know, well, we, we know our children, right? When our husband comes into the house, when their children are little, they're running to their dad because they're so excited to see daddy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, and so we want to make sure that that we're just as excited as the kids are, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Do, do any of you here that have joined us today um, have any other uh, suggestions? What are some things that have helped you uh, in your marriage? Someone's ma uh, mentioned a marriage encounter. Um, I've never been, but I've heard too that the Catholic Church has uh, re retro... Retrovive. Retrovi, yeah. um, which I, we've done, we've done as well. Uh, you've done that as well. Yeah, I've never, I've never. So retrovi is um, uh, another. So and also check the archdiocese, your archdiocese website to see what kind of uh, counseling is um, available. There yeah. are um, just two. I'm trying to think if there are any. Maybe you'll be the person that writes it. Any good Catholic books on um, marriage? I know that Novalis puts out, um, a, a, it's just a small booklet, 
And I'm sure if you contacted Novalis and you told them that you found out about it through um, us, I'm, I don't know, I think they'd give you a discount because we're pretty good at promoting Novalis. But um, uh, Dr. Patricia Murphy has written this booklet, The Intimate Community of Life and Love. And um, I haven't read it, but I should. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read it, but I uh, think it should be good. Yeah, no, um, I, I know that in the States they have a lot more available uh, for counseling and, and counselors. And you can, because it's virtual, a lot of it you can uh, pay for, for counseling. Um, marriage, Catholic marriage, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like there's, there's, there's a lot. I'm hoping to eventually write one more on the mental health part of it. But, um, uh, yeah. but marriage, it's, it's hard. Like it's, it's so unique. Um, theology of the body is if you haven't looked into that in, in aspects of, of marriage and like why we're married, why God made you a woman, why God made you a man, um, and, and how we can um, work together, how we, we what's the word? We, we, we balance each other out, we work together. Um, and, uh, and it's just, yeah, it's beautiful. I love theology of the body for that because it helps me to be more aware of who I am and why, um, why it's important in my marriage. Um, but uh, yes, and I also wanted to add with the, the thing, just be careful that you're not carrying your parents' example into your marriage as well, uh, the bad examples. And, and that was, that was huge for me and learning and um, just make sure that you're, you're coming together uh, with your family, but not um, as your family, you're coming together as a couple. Um, and I know every time that we um, have been separated at all, it's, it's like, we don't know what's going on. So communication is huge. Someone asked also uh, how old I was, I'm 35. So all my babies before 30, um, but we, um, um, yeah, we decided to, to have one more. So we'll see if you're 40, like for me, the, we actually had to pray to not get pregnant. We had to do a lot of prayers and, and novenas and such like that. And um, um, Father, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of his name right now, but we have a priest who's been interceding for us um, from Poland. Uh, there's a movie about him unformed. Anyway, um, I can't think of his name, but anyway, the, the find, find what, what helps you. Um, but in terms of, of babies, again, um, communication is the biggest tool. So I, you know, I could do a talk on NFP. I could do a talk on mental health. I could do a talk on like marriage and how our parents affect our marriage. Uh, but, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have to have you. So many. Yeah, we'll have to have you back. Um, Jennifer here mentions there's so much misleading information about how to live life, how to love, um, getting mm. deserve mind games. Um, a relief to hear someone with similar values on how you're dealing with the same issues, but remembering to put God and your faith first. And yes, please tell us more about the mental health aspect. Um, Judith mentions, and notice that when I'm with a friend who always is complaining about her husband, that I follow into that same trap. Yeah. So you really have to be careful of the type of Ooh, women yeah. you're having coffee with. Um, Dynamic Catholic also has uh, some real life advice on creating um, uh, and building an incredible marriage. 
Um, we need to continue to love our husbands despite their defects under God's guidance. Hopefully um, they do that with us too. If you could please post the links to Teresa Owen's information, um, whoever can do that, that would be great. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not great at multitasking. Just, I, uh, whatever, we, we did all of our different things. We, we just called it at home with the doctor. Yeah, so Google, so, at, just home Google with, at home with the doctor, you'll find the different links. I've been really bad at getting YouTube up to, up to date, but uh, we'll, we'll work on that. But our, our Facebook is pretty up to date. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, no, so it's, it's, yeah, I'm, and if anyone emails me, I can connect you with, uh, with mm -hmm. Teresa, no problem. So, uh, you know, not to worry about that. Um, please do, you know, remember to pray for your husband. <clears throat> yes. And I know that it, it's pray with your husband. And yeah, so pray, pray with your husband, pray for your husband, ask your husband to pray for you. Um, I know sometimes if I say to my husband, like, can we pray the rosary together? He'll say, yeah, sure. And it's like, why didn't I, like, why didn't I do this earlier, right? <laughs> like, sometimes they're just waiting for the invitation from us. So I always like to end, uh, a, a mother, you know, one of our virtual mother's groups, because that's what this is, it's a virtual mother's group, um, is by, you know, encouraging you each to make some type of a resolution, you know, so I don't know, when your husband comes home today, or when you get off the computer now, run, run downstairs, give a big hug, give a big kiss, <laughs> um, or maybe, you know, make an appointment to see your parish priest and finally go to the sacrament of reconciliation. Um, if you've been harboring, you know, some type of a, a grudge towards your husband, um, you know, maybe, or maybe, maybe you've done something wrong. Maybe it's time to say, like, I'm sorry. Like, I know sometimes, uh, like we have a hard time admitting that we have faults, right? Like, yeah, I can sometimes be harsh. And I know that, you know, because I spent so many years, you know, delivering seminars in a corporate environment, because I spent so many years, you know, in, you know, management, like sometimes I can be very goal oriented, very driven. And it's almost like I become a man at home instead of, like our blessed mother, right? And so let's not forget to turn to our blessed mother and uh, to ask our blessed mother to help us become gentle. You know, I'm like, how do you even do that? <laughs> you know? like, I'm great being gentle with like newborns and babies and like I'm good gentle there, but you know, so we need our blessed mother to teach us how to be feminine again. Right? Yes. But at the same time, Dorothy, I think you're being too hard on yourself because we don't know what Mary was like. She may have been very organized and very good at what she did and made sure like they were able to leave within like get up and go. So she's, she was organized woman. <laughs> and we all have our defects, right? We just have to ask Mary to help us where we are because I am not organized. I am not like there's so many times I look back at my marriage and I'm like, if I only just said to Martin, I need this, things would be so much easier. 
But I'm like, no, that's okay. No, 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 no. So, you know what? Just ask Mary to help you where you are. Yeah, and then no, she'll no, no, give you that example. Because yeah, we, don't, we don't know. Yeah, no, and my confessor said, Dorothy, she was a Jewish woman. You think she didn't have a few things to say? <laughs> She's yeah. a Jewish mother. <laughs> so, no, and that's why I love, I love going to confession. Oh my gosh, I love going to the sacrament of humiliation. beautiful. What, a, what an example. Like, what I, I literally can't wait. It's like better than ice cream. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Judith, uh, you know, says that it's, you know, find out what's really important to your husband. For example, a home cooked meal once a week, you know, a, a phone call or a text message during the work day, or maybe he would prefer that he doesn't want to be interrupted. <laughs> Judith says everyone yeah. needs a Jewish mother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I do, I will say, I, I didn't know this for the longest time, but I didn't realize how much my husband loved me for who I was. That was huge for me. You look at so many other women who are so done up and so look like they're doing everything right. And you just want to be like them. And you're trying to be like them and you're angry and you're just trying, your husband's like, what are you doing? That's not. I love you for who you are. They don't say that, but <laughs> some yeah. might. And my husband has gotten better at, at like, no, Teresa, like, don't put that through your, like, don't let that thought go through your head. And uh, like, again, it's the, it's the, it's the self-talk, the self-doubt. Your husband married you because he really likes you, not the lady next door. I've really, actually, really good story. I'm going to, because we need to finish up, I think, right? Um, uh, I was, so Martin had a coworker. And um, the coworker said to him, oh, my wife, she wishes she was more like your wife. She has so much anxiety. Um, if, you know, we hold a, a party or dinner, she has to know exactly who's coming and everything has to be perfect. And she just wishes she could be so much more accommodating and welcoming and, and loving like your wife is. And I was like, what? <laughs> this woman, I had been like, looking up to you. I'm like, she always has her hair done nice and she always looks calm and happy. And, and meanwhile, she was envious of me. So that was a really, that was lovely to hear. But I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I guess. Like, I don't care who comes in my house. It doesn't, if I don't have enough food, I'm sure we'll get crackers out. Like, but for her, it was really, you know, so you just have to be in love with the, the good parts about you is really hard, but it's what you have to learn to kind of grow in and you'll realize that's what your husband loves about you. So. Yeah, and I think all of us- And also to, yeah. Sorry. No, sorry. I was just gonna say to end, I wanna remind you guys, um, I need to, um, I, my baby is breech, so I need you guys to pray that my baby flips. So got an ultrasound tomorrow oh. and then, but she's due in a month, she's due in four weeks, so. If you can pray for her to flip, that would be fantastic. Okay, so I'll I'll definitely uh, I'll definitely be praying and let me know if it flips because that's always such a joy <laughs> to say oh first we're answered. Um, yes, yeah, so yeah. Well, she's, she's getting big. She's like I don't know. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's uh, you've got um, uncomfortably kicking my cervix regularly. <laughs> 
Yeah, so you've got quite a few but, people yeah. saying, Judith saying she's going to pray for you, Jennifer's going to pray for you, I'm going to pray for you, Janine's going to pray for you. Um, Thank so you. We've got a whole bunch of prayers here. Anyway, it is 3.02, and that kind of concludes <laughs> our, uh, our Midday Moms Meetup.